This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here and the manly Warthog Man Cave. And we have Ted Yoho here with us, whom we'll be pitching in with. He's saying hello in just a moment. And, um, of course, we're in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, protected by crime prevention 24-7, 365, and sponsored by great people like On the Spot, Opposer Medical, uh, Style Cuts, R&R Construction. We can always use more if you got a friend that wants to jump on with us to help us support and get the story out. By all means, we'll welcome it. We've also got them. Don't forget them now. We've got Caliber Coffee. And Caliber Coffee is a family, faith, family, firearms coffee. What a combination. CaliberCoffeeCompany.com. Free shipping on everything $50 and over. So uh, I'm having a cup of coffee right now out of my cup, Mr. Right. <laughs> what is that? Do you know? You might as well say Mr. Always Right. Come on. Um, you must we, buy that for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, my wife has one says Mrs. Always Right, I think it says. Always. Yeah. I, I, you know, there you go, buddy. That's how it works. You know, but, it's great you got new sponsors. I went on Caliber Coffee last week and ordered um, uh, two packs of coffee. Good, um, good. Yeah, no, I, I just really admire <clears throat> what they're doing, and it's a, a great motto that they have. Well, they picked out us to piggyback with, so we're proud of that, too. Yeah. Well, 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 here we are on a Wednesday, and um, we've got a lot to talk about. I've got really what I've already coined, um, Ted Yoho's list. i I got to put an adjective in front of it or something. Success would follow if you address these issues. Um, and Please we, hope. Yeah, let's hope. I'll just repeat them for you. Uh, debt, China, the border, election laws, a really, really takes in everything, Obamanization of America and leadership. We talked before we went on the air about adding health care. But I think health care might come under Obamanization of America. Sure. So many things do. And um, we've got to, to face it sooner. And I tell you something else, probably that's being affected by it is uh, the erosion of value to the dollar, which is all wrapped up in the debt. That involves, of course, Social Security and uh, health care and a bunch of other things. We're going to talk about that. I've shared with Ted several articles um, that we uh, uh, trade back and forth from time to time, uh, just to give you some of the ideas of things we might be talking about in case you want to chat with us and give us a question uh, China is boosting, apparently, its private sector uh, since China is uh, really very close to the experiences that Ted has had. I'd like to get his thoughts on that. He's traveled into Mongolia, uh, South Korea, uh, that area, uh, Vietnam. So also China, and we've been talking about this for quite a while, is uh, really very influential in Central and South America, and even Africa. While we're over here worrying about what bathroom to use, we are caught up in a in run around our line of defense, which is America strong. Um, They don't see America as strong so much anymore because we have such ridiculous things as whether or not the 14th Amendment can be used to keep Trump off the ticket. Um, Which one would you like to tie into first, Ted, um, they're all wrapped up together, as we said, but um, some of them are more pressing. I think the thing that is a hidden threat and danger that people don't realize is this 
debt and the erosion of the value of the money. Uh, and much of the money, as you know, in the articles here, have gone over to this subsidizing green energy, if you want to call it that, climate change, um, the stimulus checks from COVID-19. There's this article, which I think we traded, why is the deficit soaring and inflation isn't? Uh, can't remember if we shared that one or not. But um, Yeah, you as, did. You shared that one. Yeah. You want to start off with that? It's kind of a, it's a complicated thing for the layman, but it's um, possibly we can help. Well, it is. And, and you look at all the things America's facing. And again, I want to put debt up there as our biggest threat to national security, because if you can't fund a military, if you can't fund the, the machinery you need for a strong America. And this goes back to Theodore Roosevelt and Ronald Reagan, peace through strength, you know, walks softly, carry a big stick. Um, when when you can't project that kind of power and then tie that in with leadership, you can't really lead. And, you know, we fought, we have fallen into the leadership role in the world after World War II uh, because we acted as a nation should. And um, we helped establish the, the world order as it is now. And I'm not saying a one world government because I'm definitely against that. Um, uh, but with the deficit, the way it is and this article was interesting. It was in the Wall Street Journal, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Um they were saying how the deficit is rising, but inflation's not going up like it should. And the reason that's not happening is because of the monetary policies that the Fed has to raise interest rates that slowed the economy. And they were saying that um, a big portion of the inflation we saw was the stimulus checks, like you said. But what they, I found it interesting, the main driver of the inflation, and you can go back and look at historical records, the main driver was when Biden got in and Trump got out, um, there was that change in attitude in the country. And then Biden immediately goes after fossil fuels and drove the cost of it. And I mean, you can see the cost today. I mean, they're, I don't want to say they're historical highs, but they're, they're higher than they have been in a long time. And that touches everything we do. So that is one of the major things with inflation. And they're not doing anything to address that to where we should be at energy secure in this country with the resources we have. And so with this deficit going on, you have a weakened America. And as you pointed out very succinctly that, you know, our country uh, is focusing on transgenderism, wokeism, all this stuff. And if you look at the constitution and what it says, the primary goal or uh, function of the government is for national security. Well, if that's the primary goal, or task of the federal government is national security, and they're not doing that, what that tells me, you know, I'm just a regular guy, you know, I was blessed to be able to go up in Congress for eight years, is that the government is not following the Constitution. And this is both Republicans and Democrats. And why do we keep electing these people? Uh, and this goes into the deficit um, uh, uh, situation we have right now. And you realize September 30th is going to be a, a WWE match on the House floor, and you're going to have the Republicans threatening to shut down and the Democrats saying we're going to put, the Republicans are going to put us in default and it's going to do all these bad things. They're blaming each other for the actions that they're doing, but not for the past actions that they failed to deal with. And that was one of my biggest things, my biggest frustrations up there. They, they people in Congress, House and Senate, they know that our deficit and that where we're heading is unsustainable, yet they will not address it. And if you have people that know what to do, but they're afraid to do it, they don't need to be there. And I'm, I'm unabashed in saying this. If these people will not stay strong and change the projection of spending in this country, they don't need to be in Washington at this point in time. Because if, if you're behind the eight ball on debt, interest payments, things like that, and then you have an administration that puts wokeism and all that, that nonsense that they're doing. You've got countries like China, Russia, Iran, um, <clears throat> Venezuela, North Korea. They are gearing up to be a force against the United States. And, of course, this is what's allowed China to get into South America. And I think I've shared with you before when I was down there, we met with the president of Argentina and Chile. And uh, we, we were talking to their legislative bodies and, uh, you know, in, a, in the, 
their basically their Oval Office. And they were saying the favorability of China is higher in both of those countries, Argentina and Chile, than the United States was. And I found that shocking. Um, and it just shows you how I think it's the projection or the persona of the United States as being so screwed up and, and uh, wanting to force what we believe is how you should live in your country. Um, that those other countries have just pushed us away. It's like, I don't need to hear your advice. I didn't ask for it. I need your support. Whereas China just comes in there, gives them the money, and they gain that favor, which, unfortunately, that gets them into their country where they're mining uh, critical minerals. And so this is where it goes back to what should the federal government be focusing on? You know, number one task of the federal government is national security, period. All right, so you've got money, um, um, your money, you've got your military, and you need to have a strong, ready, capable military. And, you know, you look at the numbers in recruiting, we don't have that. Uh, I was just hearing somebody was telling me the other day that the Coast Guard is paying a $70,000 bonus for people to be a chef. It's a it's a sign-on bonus, $70,000. And you don't have to graduate from high school. And they'll, they'll throw this at you. They'll give you free health insurance. If you're married, it's for your family. And then after 18 months, I think you qualify for the GI Bill. That's just the Coast Guard. That's the state of disrepair we are in this country. And, um, you know, let's hope we can get through this election. I, I tell you what, what's going to be interesting is what happens September 30th. And... Um, you know, if we have people that stand strong and just say we are not going to um, fund the government at current levels until you start going after some of these programs. And I don't want to say cut them. I mean, there's some that can be cut, but reform them. Um, there's just so much waste out there. Ward and you and I have talked about this when you talk about, you know, the, the military equipment we left in um, Afghanistan, you know, 60 or 80 billion dollars. The amount of equipment we sent to Ukraine, and now I'm hearing reports, and I think you and I talked about this, about the arms we sent over to Ukraine that they're selling on the black market. Um, and if that's true, you know, number one, it's just a, a terrible thing for them to do. It's unconscionable. But those are things that if we don't have a way to keep track of this stuff, we shouldn't be spending the money. And if you're going to spend the money, there ought to be a way that we can account it for to report back to the American people. And that's what they're not doing. But yet your politicians are going to say, we're fighting hard for you. We're doing this. We're standing strong with this. And, and uh, you know, campaign season's coming up, and there are going to be a lot more of those, uh, those kind of talks. Uh, what I have found, and I've talked to you about this and your listeners, is come campaign season, politicians, uh, their hearing becomes a little bit more acute. Because <laughs> they want that not only do they want your vote, but they want your money. So, um, yeah, this is something in that article pointed out how the deficit's going up, but yet it's it's opposite of what it usually usually is. And, um, you know, it all goes back to leadership in Washington. And we pointed out, too, that what's happening domestically is by raising the borrowing costs right now mm -hmm. uh, to try to get a handle on this hidden villain that is the government itself uh we're crowding out private investment yeah. and private investment is almost antithetical to the left if you look at the artificial stimulation if you want to call it that right you know in cattle we have the artificial insemination we have it's almost the but same that's productive that's productive yeah, that's productive here uh pumping this money into the EVs and the whole agenda of, uh, you know, all the above with the environment and whatever is the flavor of the month for the name of it, is call it driving up borrowing costs and driving out investment if you're not the type of investment the government wants. And that that is so strange. It's it's it, it absolutely, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, alters the marketplace. Oh, it does. Yeah. It takes away free enterprise. I mean, you're in direct competition with free enterprise. The EV, um, solar may exist on its own, 
but without government subsidies, there would be not there would not be an EV market in the in the the foresight of what the government wants or the wish list of what the government wants. They want everybody in a basically a golf cart that can go a certain amount of mileage with they they claim um, no CO two footprint, which is a joke because there's so much energy that goes into the production of that. And then when you look at the minerals needed, the energy that goes into producing the lithium, the cobalt, the nickel, you know, the copper, the energy that goes into that, it's unsustainable. And then you look at the the waste that comes out of that. And I don't know if you're aware, I'm sure you are, that um, there's a free-for-all now in the ocean floors to go and start doing deep sea mining. And they go in with these machines and just churn up the bottom of the ocean, sucking up all these minerals and there's no regulations on that. And Japan's doing it. China's doing it. Other countries are doing it. And, you know, everybody's worried about the ocean or coral bleaching, which we saw when we were in the Keys. But where are the people talking against this? It's just a mad race. It's like the gold rush. Let's get all the gold we can before everybody else gets there. And uh, you're going to have some unresponsible players, primarily China. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. People need to really wake up. And I'd like to talk more about China, why we do anything with China. Um, you know, if you got to, if you want me to go into it now. Or yeah, I do. But, and, you know, I just read a moment ago, um, you know, as we we're waiting around to go on the air, um, there's been natural gas discovered off the coast of Africa in the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now they're going after that. Sure. And we're not, you know, here we are shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, shutting down a fracking, shutting down all of our, you know, according to one of the guests we have on the show quite regularly, Bill Kirpin of the um, American Commitment, we are energy independent and we just mine our own stuff, you know? I well, this goes back. What is, the, what is the primary task of government? National security, your debt, natural resources, energy security, um, border security. These are the things the federal government is tasked to do. They're not doing it. And, um, you know, to me, it's an impeachable offense on Biden. And, you know, I'm getting off subject here. And Kevin McCarthy is saying, well, we're considering um, sending an impeachment inquiry. You know, you should be be beyond that. We're, what, a year year into this Congress, this new Congress, and you're, you're considering it. I mean, there's so much dirt out there on this guy. You know, forget about Hunter and all that stuff with China and the illegal payments. Look at what he's done to the border. Look what he's done to natural resources in this country. Made us dependent on people like Iran, on Russia, on China, uh, Venezuela. You know, he he is not putting America first in the sense that the role of the federal government is to provide for the national uh, security. And they've taken a pledge. Everyone, everybody up there has taken a pledge of the Constitution, and they're not following that. And, um, you know, you're only as good as your word. And if these people aren't following the Constitution, throw their rear ends out of there. Talk about China. You wanted to go over to the China subject. Let's do that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I know we've covered bits and pieces of this. Um, but really, China, if you look at China, the country, and their foothold they're getting in South America. And I think Vivek Rasaswamy said, well, if we were to get out of the Asia-Pacific area, China would back off and get out of the Americas. He is so off base on that. And there again, this, here comes his inexperience in foreign policy. China's role, their goal, and this is, I mean, this has been written about so much, but more importantly, you can look at their actions. Their sole goal is to be the world hegemon in economics and military. That means they want to be the superpower of the world. They will be a dictatorial communist regime, and they will have um, uh, the good citizen scores. And they're already doing this in Central and South America. They've they've introduced this in Honduras and Venezuela, um, uh, the uh, Chile, and these other countries down there, Bolivia. And um, what they do is they grade their citizens, and they're all on the database. And if they see you doing something that is against what the government says, they just shut you down, you know, no electronic payments, no card, credit cards. I mean, they can literally do that now and they do it to their own citizens. And so here, here you've got China 
And their, their motto now is they're a socialist country with Chinese characteristics. That's their talking points. What they really are is a communist country. It, they are the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And then you look at uh, who would you do business with? Would you do business with a, a, any entity that takes people and does on-demand organ harvesting? You know, if you need a kidney, they're going to take you off the streets. If you're one of the people they don't like, either uh, uh, a Uyghur, which is a Muslim sect in that western province of Xinjiang, over the uh, northwest area of China, or if you're a Falun Gong, uh, uh, the Baudi, you know, which is a, a, a semi-religious sect, and it's all peaceful. You know, it's like transcendentalism and all that. And China doesn't like them because I think they had 90 million followers. And so they've cracked down on them. They've put a lot of those people in jail. And we've interviewed these people. We've interviewed their families. The same with the Tibetans. The same with the, the Uyghurs. And they are forcibly putting these people in prison. They know your DNA. They know your blood type. And if they need a kidney out of you, they're taking a kidney. And it's human organ harvesting. It's probably got to be one of the most barbaric things that you can think of. But that goes on routinely. And then you have all the wealthy countries or the wealthy people that can afford. If you need a new heart, hey, I just happen to have one on on, on a guy that's in cell block number 5302. And so you make an appointment and it's organs on demand. That's number one. Number two, they're stamping out cultures like the Tibetans, the Uyghurs. Um, anybody um, that is does not bow down to the Communist Party, they are going after. They have forced labor camps. Uh, they have extermination camps. So this is going on in, my, in the 21st century. And so why in the hell are our businesses going over there doing business with China? And we've talked in that, uh, a lot of times on the amount of our businesses that go over there. They wind up giving close to 51% ownership to the Chinese Communist Party. They have to have a Chinese communist uh, certain amount of members on their board, and they give up their trade secrets. I mean, this is just common knowledge. And these businesses, our, our Western businesses, go over there because of profits. But what happens is they get driven out because after five to ten years, China has copied their product, and they're not profitable anymore. So they come to us, bitch, moan, and complain about Oh, look what China did to us. Well, what the hell did you go over there for in the first place? You shouldn't have gone over there. But they do those things. And so here we got a company or country that is sending all these products to America, and they're doing all these nefarious things. They're making all this money with the sole purpose of being the world superpower economically and militarily. And they're winning because we've got no leadership in the White House. They're not focusing on the ball that we should be focusing on. You play tennis and you, you uh, umpire tennis. If you don't focus on the ball, you're not going to win. China is very focused on it. They're very strategic and they're long-term planning. Our long-term planning, you've heard me say this when I went up there and I asked John Boehner my first year as a freshman, what's our long-term goal? And he goes, what do you mean, Yoho? I said, five to 10 years down the road, where do you see America? He goes, what are you talking about? That's a lifetime in politics. Our long-term goal is September 30th. And that was January. And so there is no leadership up there. And that's where I think the presence, there has to be an American agenda that goes from one Congress to the next so that we can focus on these things. We're doing it in bits and pieces now. And you're seeing the military kind of ramp up in uh, new defense tech, uh, technology. But, um, you know, it's better late than never. But we are behind the eight ball on that, too. The Central American Parliament was written about in the yep. journal. Five countries, South of Mexico, plus the Dominican Republic, and um, Nicaragua has cut its diplomatic ties with Taiwan, and uh, Daniel Ortega proposed to boot Taiwan as an observer. Uh, right. The countries are being wooed, if I may say that, by the Chinese Communist Party. Just exactly what you were talking about. And we no longer have a Monroe Doctrine. We, you know, the last guy I know who did something about protecting Monroe Doctrine was Reagan. I believe, Ted. 
who who went into the island. I've forgotten the name of the island now. Grenada. Grenada, yes. And said because not in Cubans. Yeah. We haven't had that since. And Kennedy we really have. put that in when he got weak on the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. No, and, and again, um, China is doing all these things, and the reason they're doing it is because they can. You know, they've got the money. Uh, and again, they're getting this money from nefarious things. If you look at how they're doing the mining around the world, it's it's horrendous how they're doing it. And if you, you can go down to Panama, and I've, I've heard recently uh, through my contacts that Panama is getting ready to take the canal back from China because of the influence China's had in their in their culture. You know, they built Chinese restaurants, Chinese hotels, casinos, and they bring in the Han uh, ethnic group, which is the the, the, the pure Chinese race. Uh, that's the superior race in the world. And, and you ought to read some of the books I read. And when they talk about different cultures, you know, and you look at, you know, they'll look at, um, you know, um, uh, Europeans, they'll look at us, they'll look at uh, other Asian countries, and they look at Africans, and they look at the black culture. And you ought to see how they rank them. I mean, they are, uh, they are a pure Han society, and that is what they're trying to create. And um, they have gone down South America and doing what you said. And the Monroe Doctrine, if you remember back, it was probably about six or seven years ago, John Kerry said the Monroe, Monroe Doctrine is outdated. It can't be enforced anymore. He's absolutely right. If you don't think you can, you can't. But if you think you can and are willing to back that up, you can you can enforce that now. Um, but you're, these Countries have denounced Taiwan, and they've been doing this uh, systematically over the years because China has been forcing countries to stop recognizing Taiwan. And Daniel Ortega that says Taiwan is not recognized by the UN as a sovereign nation, so therefore they do not deserve the right to be an observer at these meetings. But Daniel Ortega is wrong. Prior to Jimmy Carter. Taiwan was recognized as a sovereign nation by the, the world community. And it was Jimmy Carter that took that away. We denounced or said we're not going to favor or look at Taiwan as an independent country. And they have never been under communist Chinese rule. They've always been independent. You know, and it goes back to the Chinese Civil War with uh, Mao Zedong and the communists against Shanghai Shek. And um, it's amazing that the world community just changed. And now today you fast forward from the seventies to today and everybody. So well, they're, they've never, they're part of China. No, they were an independent nation and we failed to realize that. And again, you know, the adage: if you forget your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I'm afraid there's going to be some ugly things. And we also know that about 70 or 80 years, there is a, a major war. And when you look at the things that are going on in the world or in a country like China, China has so many internal problems. Their unemployment and their youth is like 21 or 22 percent, people under 20 or maybe 25 and down. Um, they are in a severe economic crunch. They had the COVID lockdown more strict than any other nation on the country or in the world. Um, the debt that they've amassed in their real estate and in their Belt Road Initiative where they're lending money in the foreign assistance is at an all-time high. And a lot of these countries, I think 80% of the countries that have borrowed billions of dollars pushing up towards a trillion, uh, over 80% of them are right at the level of default. And, um, and when you get countries that get backed into a corner, that's when things break out into a war. And then you throw what Russia is doing. And now you've got Russia, China, and Iran making an agreement to start uh, doing and North Korea and North Korea. I mean, I'm at North Korea. I'm at North yeah. Korea, uh, Russia, China, and North Korea are doing military exercises. And before long, you'll see Venezuela in there. You'll see Cuba in there. You'll see Iran and Iran's already down in Brazil with warships in the Western hemisphere. And again, if we had leadership, we said, no, you're not coming. And, you know, there needs to be a red line. And when they cross that line, you need to act. And if you're not willing to act, don't draw the red line. But I think we're at a point now where you need to say what you mean and mean what you say. And there again, we don't have that kind of leadership. I'm going to tell you all, we're at the bottom of the hour break 
on uh, Ted Yaw Wednesday, really, and we're talking about our list of uh, how to fix the country. Uh, so you may contribute to that list or please do on how to revise it or where we are with it. And uh, nothing seems to change. It seems that we've got kind of a knee-jerk government that responds in very small bites of time to frivolous issues. And meanwhile, the rest of the world is going about coordinating its resources and making deals to um, use basically, I think, a way of supplying the raw material for our folly. We're not going to yeah. be mining uh, uh, where these countries are mining, and we're not going to be providing the raw things we need. to. When we got our own independent gas, when we shut that down, uh, one of the unsung thing is that trying to just run farmland right now is so expensive, we've almost totally, you know, Ted can comment on this from his point of view too, turn it over to corporations in many places because they can afford the cost of providing what needs to be provided. The, the independent farmer can't do it. It's First, one thing, he's getting older. His kids don't want to do it. And the cost of the material to do it with is prohibitive. So we don't ever see about that. We don't ever hear about that. We try to subsidize the rural land, but that doesn't always work out because it ends up going in the hands of the corporations, I think, rather than the independent guys. Ted, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, too. Um, if I'm off kilter a little bit on that. We're at 931. We're going to take a break, come back and talk about Tropical Storm Lee, which is possibly who knows, going to become a very powerful hurricane and hopefully not head our way. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Meldon Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Prime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. 
wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files, Ward's Weather Report, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Stations, Fossil Fuel, great supporters of Ward Scott Files. Stop and fill up, by golly. You don't buy into that EV stuff. Um, crazy. Anyway, AccuWeather right now I'm looking at, I look at a lot of weather apps, and we have got Tropical <laughs> Storm Lee. It's um, really out there. Turning away, nobody knows quite where it's going, but um, the factors that will influence it, of course, will is the ample moisture, uh, low wind shear, warm ocean temperatures, plenty of dry air across the tropical Atlantic, and um, a quarter coming across from Africa that's primed right now according to the meteorologist, uh, for Lee gaining organization and strength. I'm looking at the chart, and of course it's all speculative right now, but it's over abnormally warm water. Probably the way it's going, it will work its way into the Gulf. And there you go. We don't know how long, but this is, tis the season, if you will, to uh, corrupt the old Christmas song, of hurricanes here in our part of the world. So we'll keep an eye on it. It could, of course, uh, take off and go up between Bermuda and the States, but there you go. Uh, We just don't know. Right now we think it's going to skirt just north of Puerto Rico. Um, This is what gets you. Climate change. Well, if you're going to predict the climate, why can't you predict the path of the hurricane? I mean, come on. And we were talking, Ted and I, before we came on the air. Ted, tell them about the whale in Alabama. (laughs) That was climate change. Um, (laughs) It's an article I was reading this morning, and it was uh, a young uh, high school student senior uh, with her professor there, a teacher on biology on their family farm. And they unearth a whale head on their farm. That's the stuff that they plow and, you know, farm. And they said it was uh, dated 53 million years ago, best estimate. So if it's a whale, that means the seawater had to be that high. And uh, I guess they had climate change then. I don't know who they blamed. Uh, back then, there was the dinosaurs or the bison or the mammoths, the woolly mammoths probably. You know, they, they probably ate a lot. Um, but, um, you know, we're going through cycles is what we're going through. And, you know, we should learn to adapt, be the best we can with the resources we have, and we will get better. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I've never bought into that. Of course, now you're getting a lot of these people coming out and saying this whole climate thing, uh, climate change is way off base. It's not accurate. Uh, and again, we need to pay attention to what we're doing to the planet. And, uh, I think we'll get better with time. But when you put government involved and start to do mandates like these EVs like we talked about, that's not sustainable. And it's not going to solve anything. And they're going to spend trillions of dollars on this. Um, and a few people get very wealthy on it. And it won't make a dent in CO2. I'm talking with my buddies who were foresters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's an underappreciated specialty. It really is. Um, they feel that the biggest agent of climate change you know, globally is the depletion of the equatorial um, rainforest. And right. that, that <clears throat> anything else, the clearing of that timber, mm-hmm. all that green stuff, which we <clears throat> never, ever say anything about, from the forester's point of view, is the most damaging in this hemisphere contribution to climate change, if you want to call it that now. It's... Um, it's going on like crazy. And no, it's going in Africa, it's going yeah. all over. Um, if they replant it in, in pasture land, you know, uh, grass is a great CO2 sink. <clears throat> and it stores it underground 
Um, whereas a forest, if it catches on fire, it releases that carbon into the atmosphere. Um, a grass fire, you're going to burn off the top part that has carbon in it, but the majority of it's stored underground, and it, it, it's like a carbon sink. Uh, and we talked a lot about that on the Ag Committee. Of course, you know, when you're in there and the Democrats are in control or you got half the Republicans or rhinos, they don't want to hear it. And, um, you know, they all they all want to be part of that, you know, movement of the climate change, man-made, anthropogenic. And, um, you know, I just don't buy into that. Yeah, I'm sure we've contributed to it. But that whale 56 million years ago, something had to happen for him to get stuck on land back then. <laughs> It was a tsunami and it sucked all the water out and it never came back, I guess. Well, the Rockies were made by the ice. So, you know, that's all. I still remember we took our kids out to Arizona. We're on top of a plateau and there were dinosaur footprints up there, but there was also seashells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so this must have been underwater at one point. It's interesting. And I think I've talked to you about this. There's studies out, and they're very, I mean, they're very compelling studies that the amount of groundwater that has been pumped out of the out of the lower aquifers around the world has been so much that it's tilted the earth, I think, 18 yeah. inches on its axis. And they said that's accounted a big impact on climate change, but nobody talks about that. Um, and so that is man-made, but it's not from CO2. It's from other things. Uh, of course, you'll have somebody on the left say, well, that water was pumped out so that they could manufacture fossil fuels. <laughs> and, and so that was the CO2 that was the driver of this, the culprit. Tom and Ted about China right now. And um, we were talking about how China is really got some internal problems. Uh, some of the things I've read about them, Ted, is that they're boosting their private sector. And, of course, controlling it as they do it. They have a, uh, you know, very strict, as you pointed out, central government bureau that monitors the country's private economy. Um, we do the same thing. We call yeah. it, we, you know, we don't call it what it is, but we're doing the same thing. But they uh-huh. seem to be able to do it differently than we do it. And we sure. I think it's because of they have stability in their long range planning. Can you address that maybe? Yeah, I mean, you've got to admire what they've done. There's a good book written by Michael Pillsbury called The 100-Year Marathon. And he talked about the vision Mao Zedong laid out in 1949, I think. It was a 100-year plan. They're 75 years into it, roughly. And it was where they were going. And if you go back to um, Deng Xiaoping in the, I think he was there in the 80s, 70s, 80s, uh, maybe late 90s, early 90s. He said, we can't compete against the United States and Japan in technology and manufacturing, but what we can do is corner the market on the rare earth metals that they're dependent on. So that was in the late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. And so they went ahead and did that. So here we are, what, 30, 40 years later, they've cornered the market on that. So they're very strategic in what they do. And you would have to, you want to applaud their, their planning. But I sh- sure don't like the direction they're going or what their end game is. And their end game is world dominance. And they're, they're pushing into that. And they see, you brought it up earlier, the weakness they see coming out of America. Um, you know, like you said, you know, they're building the largest military on the planet. And it's a rapid buildup. And we're worried about transgenderism. Are you a boy or are you a girl? You know, we're, we're spending all this time. And, hell, I just saw out, I think it was yesterday, uh, there's an article in California, I believe it is. If you're a shop owner and somebody comes in and steals, the California legislature is making it illegal for you to intervene. So you become the, the criminal if you stop a guy stealing from your, from your store. I mean, the lunacy of this stuff. I mean, you can't, I, I don't know who thinks this stuff up and it'll pass in California. So, if you've got somebody out there is stealing a calf and you intervene from your farm, you're the you're the criminal. How dare you stop that person from doing that? Isn't that crazy? You know, you make me think of when I was a kid. I used to go to the fair. You know, in the country yeah. setting, you probably had them in Minnesota. Uh, the fair would come through and step right up and see the bearded lady and all that stuff. Yeah. 
And I would fall for it every time. Um, I just thought that was the best part. I have a crush on her. Yeah. I I pulled this out of the midnight oil yard here. You made me do it. I'm going to blame it on you. A transgender woman, you ready for this, or a man living as a woman, got a whopping $160,000 settlement after being misgendered by workers at a jail in in Broome County, New York. Was he an inmate? Yeah. 25-year-old Michaela Holland alleged correctional officers abused and discriminated against him once he was arrested for charges listed as criminal contempt and assault. This was in the Daily Mail. She was held in an all-male jail during two stints totaling six weeks in 2021 and claimed she was physically attacked during the intake process on January 22, uh, January 22nd, suffering a broken tooth and a painful lump on her head. Well, anyway, <laughs> oh, my God. Holland claimed that male officers strip-searched him, forced him to remove his acrylic nails, oh, and told him to remove the wig that was glued to his scalp. Oh, God. I can't read anymore. And he got awarded $160,000. $160,000 settlement because these guys misgendered him. Uh, you know what? When you get arrested for a crime like that, you lose all your rights as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah, you should be treated humanely. But, you know, stupid is as stupid does. And, you know, if you're that confused in life, I don't know. I don't know. This stuff I keep on, the, as I say, in the midnight auto yard. Uh, here's an article about paper straws. It turns out really are better than plastic. And, you know, how many time, times have we had to put up with that discussion? Um, paper straws are better than plastic in what way? Uh, here we go. Let me, let me look through it. Um, yes, all of a sudden and from out of nowhere, plastic straws have become the biggest threat to Mother Earth ever. Um, and this narrative schemed over into secret conference calls, uh, all this kind of stuff. You remember this. And, you know, everybody piled on Austin Post, Wall Street Journal, all this. But um, the plastic hypodermic needles and that sort of thing, they don't biodegrade. And, 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 and the straws made from plant based materials, such as paper and bamboo, are often advertised as being more sustainable and friendly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's not necessarily true. And so they looked at 39 brands of straws. And let me see what they found. The researchers found that 90% of paper straws really were bamboo straws and 75% of plastic straws uh, and, and 40% of glass straws. So there's nothing. A plastic straw is not completely, evidently, a plastic straw. <laughs> <laughs> oh How much money was spent on that study, do you suppose? Oh, my God. I my don't... wife and I were just talking about that. You know, you don't hear anything about the, the plastic straws and the dying sea turtles because of the plastic straws. I guess that got solved, but I guess not. It's back up in the in the news. Well, it looks as if there's no such thing as a pure plastic straw. I, get, yeah. I, I don't know, bro. I keep that in my what I call my midnight auto yard of crazy stuff. Um Speaking of crazy stuff, Ted, uh, the progressives have actually been plotting, as you know, to use Section 3 um, of this 14th Amendment right. to disqualify Trump from the, from being elected. And it was not used since the Civil War, the Confederates. Right. It was used against them. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they are going to do whatever they can to prevent him from running. You know, my fear is... You know, if it gets where he is the nominee or gets elected, the assassination, you know, I don't want to talk anything into existence, but, you know, they have such a hatred for that guy. And the hatred comes from mainly from his attack, not his his attack, but his challenging the deep state and saying, this isn't right. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And he started to expose a lot of that stuff that's where their fear is coming or the hatred is coming from. You know, it's his brashness and all that. Sure, people are irritated about that on both sides. But the fear from the left is he is not going to play the political game that they're used to. They, they want somebody malleable. And that's what I see 
with all the Republicans that are in the race, um, DeSantis would be the one that would probably stand up the most. Um, but, you know, we can talk more about that at another time. But Trump is the one that is really a game changer. And, I mean, you saw what he did just with the Supreme Court nominees and the way he stood up to NATO. Um, in fact, somebody, I was out to dinner last night, and they said, well, what do you think our role is with Ukraine and what we should do? And I think I've talked to you about this on your show. You know, this is not a United States issue. This is, NATO was formed for aggression of communism. Uh, the Soviet Union collapsed. But it's basically a communist country controlled by an oligarch, uh, autocrat. And, and they are encroaching on other countries. You know, they went into Georgia. George Bush went after them immediately. They, they went into Crimea under, who was that, under Obama, I think it was. <clears throat> and, of course, they took Crimea. Nobody said anything. And so Putin is still marching. And um, so NATO is really where this response ought to, ought to come out of. We are a member of NATO. And so if it's us against Russia, we're the bad guys. But if it's NATO in block supplying Ukraine, you know, it is the NATO organization that was formed after World War II because if it's just us against Russia, you get China in there, you get North Korea now supplying them, Iran supplying them. So now it becomes United States against all these other players that want to see the demise of America. We should really enforce through leadership uh, our role in NATO and get NATO to supply Ukraine. And that should be all this equipment is coming from NATO, not the United States, not from Germany, whatever. And, um, you know, I forget why I went on that subject. What was it? <laughs> well, we, we were talking about that rabbit hole. Really, we're talking about Trump's effectiveness, which oh, yeah. frightens them. And what they have been willing to do, they meaning right. um, these pursuers, uh, willing to put democracy at risk, so to speak, to, to save it. Makes no sense whatsoever. You know, it reminds me of that Vietnamese war saying, we had to destroy the village in order to save it. I don't know if you remember that. But it was um, a situation where we went in and basically burned the village and destroyed it. And it made out, it made, made it to the television screens. And so people said, well, what, what are you doing? Just burning this thing down to the ground. And they said, well, we had to save it. Save it from what? From communism. So if they had not destroyed the village, it would have been taken over by the communists. So they destroyed that. Therefore, the communists had nothing to take over. Therefore, they destroyed communism. That was the syllogism. But here, it's much the same. They're, they're willing to destroy democracy in order to save it from the deplorables, which is about 76 million people. Uh, and uh, the, the issue is, obviously, that the transfer of power did take place. They've gone after the hapless souls that crashed the capital and thrown the book at them. I mean, the guy who led that is a Cuban. And I, I, you know, I'm just projecting myself into his mindset. He was born of people who escaped Castro. Okay. What do you suppose he's heard at the dinner table all his life? You know, what, you know, and don't you think these Cubans who came from there see this again here? They see it right in front of them happening. They see it right in front of them. And so rather than we learn from that, we punish them <clears throat> to tell us something. And, you know, this frustration on the part of these people just didn't happen in a day. No. I mean, this was building and building and building, for which the pursuers will take no responsibility. You know, and they hope that dissipates by the time the next election occurs. But you know what? The left is bewildered, get this, apparently, from its pundits on TV, that Trump has been able to raise money off the indictments, has been yeah. able to, you know, they don't get it. Off his mugshot. <laughs> off his mugshot. I guess i got to get a coffee cup for the mugshot on it. Well, I mean, you brought up a good point, how the left will say, we have to save democracy. It's under threat. 
and they blame us and they go after the right when it's really them that is subverting the Constitution that is destroying. And I, I hate to use the word democracy. We're a constitutional republic. Uh, and they don't like that. I mean, you go back to James Madison and the founding. It was a republic. It was a constitutional republic. And we use a democratic process, but they always say, well, they're destroying democracy, so that's why we've got to have government do all this stuff. No, it's not. So they, they're the ones that are really destroying it, but then they throw that blame on us, and they're very, they're very good at doing that. The media is there, and big corporations are there. Your Jamie Dimons, your uh, Klaus Schwab's, and all those people are on their side because they want the one world government. And so... Um, they have to save democracy, but yet they're the ones that are destroying this. And, you know, that's where Trump is such a, a, a big threat to them uh, because he was standing up and he was getting better over time about understanding the Constitution and about standing up for those things. And uh, we are really out of war. In fact, at that dinner last night, <clears throat> a guy was telling me about, you know, there's some good Democrats out there and this person is that. And I said, well, let me tell you, in modern day, a Democrat today is a communist or a Marxist. You know, you look at what Kamala Harris says. We, ha- we have to, we haven't done enough for equity. Each receives according to their needs uh, and each gives according to their ability. And that's out of the communist manifesto. And so if you're supporting Democrats at the national level, you're supporting Marxism at best. And, um, you know, so we're at a point where we have that us against them. And I hope we get through this peacefully. Uh, that's our hope and goals that we can get somebody. And you, you and I have talked about, you know, my trip to Japan where the legislator said we are the, the divided States of America. And if we're divided, we're weak. And if we're weak, the world is in jeopardy. And we're seeing that now you're seeing the rise of all these other countries. And for I, uh, for North Korea to join in military exercises I mean, that's never happened that I remember in my lifetime. They were the hermit kingdom, and they didn't want anybody to be involved with them. But for them to possibly do that, and then I'm sure you saw what Putin said, that they're they're arming their ICBMs. Some of those can carry over 10 warheads, nuclear warheads, and they're on the ready. You know, they're ready, and they've threatened to attack America. Um, So we're in a very precarious situation. And this comes from a lack of leadership. And if there is no leadership, as you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And if there is no leadership from America, other countries are going to step up. I don't want their kind of leadership because it's a dictatorial type of um, uh, government. And um, um, they're very strong and powerful. And um, it, it's just it's interesting that we're living through this because this is such every time is historical. But what we're going through is really a historical time that we've not seen this kind of a challenge to our leadership in 70, 80 years. You know, I just want to close on one. Maybe you don't remember this, but we had something here in the 70s called the Gainesville 8. Yeah, and I remember that. They were written about recently in the Gainesville paper here. Um, and Scott Camille, who was the ringleader, most famous of them, uh, said that the government was using to intimidating people. And he said that uh, he is totally anti-government. And I got I got to thinking, He's a liberal. He's a Democrat. He's anti-government. The government he was against was Republican. He says he never trusts government, period. So does he sympathize then with the Proud Boys because they're against a Republican government? If you're against the government, Scott Camille, you're against the government. If you don't trust government, you don't trust the Republican government. You don't trust the Democrat government. Are you? I bet you, if I got him on the show, he would equivocate, and he would blame the Republican government. I will bet you that. Uh, haven't run the dude down. I know him. Uh, he's been around forever. But yeah, this guy, pardon me. <clears throat> no, he has. I remember him very well. Sorry. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. That okay, you're again, and, and Larry Turner, good friend of mine, uh, yeah. good lawyer. You know, made his reputation defending these guys. Right. He says in this article, it turned him hard left. I actually wrote a, a, a text message to Larry asking him that very thing, saying, well, are you now hard right? Because if the bad government turned you hard left, you got bad government now, it should turn you hard right. No answer. Crickets. Got to go, right? buddy. Yeah, it's yeah. crickets. 
got to go. And you heard it first on the Ward Scott files. Nobody else has said that. But I do want to call those guys out on that. Because well, you, you did. Have, huh? You did. And hopefully they'll respond to you. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I think those are things that, you know, they've got that perspective from the 70s, 60s, and 70s. And they went through that. And they saw that crackdown. And now you see a very liberal America compared to what we were in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they don't like it now, you know, and, and questionable about, you know, making laws in California that if you're a shop owner or a business owner and you stop somebody from stealing, you're the you're the criminal. Um, you know, how did we get flipped upside down like that? And you were talking, to, you know, you mentioned Vietnam. And I, I, I want to go back to this. If you we got to run, though. We're out of time. We're out of time, Ted. Good. Yeah. I won't, we'll, I'll shut up. Well, we'll do it. Next, we'll do it next Wednesday. But I tell you what. Uh, fascinating discussion today as usual I will have this out on the web very soon be sure and share it with your people sure. and, uh, great job having a lot of fun helping you guys understand the issues Ted and I are have a great day Ted, have a great day everybody Ward- you too. take care everybody Warthog Command Center out